Okay, Darren, can you tell me something about your story? Many, many years ago, before homelessness started, I was living to a different kind of lifestyle together. I was a young working lad. And I kind of went off track, never really had a very good family background, things like that. I kind of went off the rails. The lads on the street gave me more love than the people that should have been looking after me kind of thing, do you know what I mean? And there's more, I felt like there was more solidarity at the time from them kind of people too, that they'd be there to protect you and you'd always have someone there for you. And as it goes, the rule of the street is most people are there for each other. But there's a different side to it. And a lot of them don't want to show that side because I think they fear that if they show that side, people are going to look at them different because people get called smack and crackers before they're even known as a smack and cracker just for being on the street because it's known and it comes with it, which I've been an heroin user, never used crack. All start for me pretty like when I was young, like I was saying, about 16. My first homeless didn't never happen to me though till I was about 23. I went through a life of kind of keeping my scent above water. It was when I met, I was on heroin, that's when it all like started to go wrong for me. But I'd done like the streets and that as a young person, but not like, not quite at the level heroin sex. It's a, there's no more caring once you're on heroin. See, there's no more cold, there's no more warm, no more love, no more hate. There's just nothing. It's just a total existence. It is just literally existing. Can you tell me how you first started dabbling with heroin then? It started when I was about 17, but I was only like dabbling then. I never had an addiction until I was 23. Can you tell me when, you know, you say you, you first noticed you got an addiction when you were 23. How did you notice at the time that you were addicted? No. I woke up one morning and I had like a running nose and I was a bit cold and my knees was aching and that. And I was telling people I flew because I really did think I just had flow. You don't think of it any more than that, but you notice with this flu, there's kind of no sleep pattern, no nothing. And then one day, a lad, my friend called Martin, said to me, you're rattling. That's what it is, you're rattling. I just realised my life, and I mean, it just changed totally. In that second, I knew I was an heroin addict, things changed. You become mannerless, ignorant. When you've got the drug in you, there's no fear. But when you've got the drug in you, there's no fear, because the thing is, you want a bag and... When you're poorly and your belly's hurting, you're going to do anything. I've sat on street corners for five hours and six hours a time in actual snow and rain and frost and all kinds of weather trying to get a tenant together for heroin. But the second you've got it, the snow doesn't exist, the rain doesn't exist, the weather goes away. There is no weather, no sun. Like I keep explaining, there's no love. It's hidden and it's, it's, it gets buried and the longer it goes on in people, the more rate they develop and the, the, the deeper the love for people gets buried. I think what happens is they, they just they get to know heroin as a lifestyle, as as, an, as a way of as a way of being able to exist in this world. But it's homelessness that's the worst thing because once you're on the streets, nobody's going to help you get off the streets, and especially once you're on heroin, nobody's going to even look at you. You were telling me that you sort of you were last off the rails about seven months or so ago. Yeah, um, how have you sorted yourself out? I'm, I'm clean again now. Um, I'm an 85 millimethanone, so I'm not clean, but I'm I'm. I'm what they call reforming myself again. I've gone through this before. I um, I got my sin off the streets. I was I got my sin clean while I was on the streets off heroin. I got my sin a place. Got my sin a job, and I was then just basically a statistic working and things like that. But I don't know. What I did. I did like it. I'll be honest with you. I did love it. And then the rails start to shake. But when the rails start to shake, there's no one to grab back onto. Do you know what I mean? Once they've took you off, there's no one to get, get help back off once you what where I think there should be something open for people like that, where, all right, it's getting a bit rocky for them, they could end up back on heroin here, let's, let's see if we can talk to them. Even counselling would have maybe helped me at the time, but there was nothing. So there was no way you could get back into the support services? 
No, because you have to be using to get into the support services, and I completely cleaned myself up. I knew what was coming. I knew straight away. I did. I knew in my head, even though I fought it for quite a few months. It's just so hard, especially when it's cold. Honestly, I was out in that snow last year. What Jonathan's just done this year, and it's that cold. Tell me, tell me, how important is housing to you? How is how important? Housing's important to everybody. See, you've got no roots. You can't grow, can you? Got no plant pot. Where are you going to grow from? Just to finish off then, um, what are the prospects for you? I've just got to stay clean though. I mean, I haven't really got an option. I'm getting too old and I don't see you ever getting off the streets on heroin. But I can understand why people go on heroin. Because they see no other choice to it. I never really see a light. I just hope there's a light. I just have a lot of faith. That's all you can do, innit? You can only have faith in a situation like this.